What's up, Connection? We're super excited about service tonight, and we cannot wait to see what God has in store for us. So with that being said, would you please stand with me as we go into worship? No matter 
to the connection tonight. We are so glad that y'all chose to be here with us. And uh, as we're going into worship, we just want to encourage you tonight just to press in and just to seek God. I believe that He wants to speak to each and every one of y'all tonight. And um, just feel free just to, um, you know, if you want to stay where you're at, you can always come to the front if you just want some space. But uh, just pray with me. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity just to come into your presence. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would just come, Lord, and you would have your way with us. We ask you, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to us tonight in a new and more intimate way, Lord Jesus, that we would each have fellowship with you, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. God, we just give you our worship. We give you the glory and honor for everything that you're gonna do in this place tonight. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we just lift our hearts up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Say it's higher than the mountains that I face. It's stronger than the power of the grave. It's constant in the trial and the Amen. Hey, 
earlier this week, I, you know, I was actually thinking uh, just kind of about Jesus and what he did on the cross. We were praying and, uh, you know, we were actually praying for uh, Emily Cruz earlier this week. She had a surgery and I, and I just started thinking about the, the debts and everything that Jesus actually paid for on the cross. And I started thinking about, you know, how does that relate to our worship every single week? And, uh, and I started thinking about it. And, it was a challenge to me because no matter whether I come into the presence of God and I really worship God or I can I can stand there, you know, and not really, really press into him. Either way, God still sent his son and he paid for me. He paid for me. He paid for my heart. He paid for my life. He paid for my sin. He paid for everything that I'll ever do. And he paid for you. And so tonight, you know, as we worship, man, there's something just inside that whenever we wrap our mind around the fact that He paid for our sicknesses, He paid for our disease, He paid for everything that we will ever endure in life because He loves us so much. And man, I don't know about you guys, but it sparked something in me to, to lift up my hands. It sparked something in me to, to lift up my voice and my heart to Him and to, to live for Him, not just, you know, come to church and experience Him live for him every day and uh, you know this next song it's, a, it's one of my favorite songs but it, it kind of paints the picture of what Jesus did on the cross so as we sing him and I want to encourage you you can close your eyes for just a moment and just picture this and in your own way I want everybody tonight just to thank God and thank him for for everything that he's done for us and the price that he paid for us amen
thank you for the price that's been paid for us. Lord, we love you. We lift up our hearts to you tonight. God, we give you the glory and we sing hallelujah to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell them it's going to be an awesome night tonight. Here's what's going on at The Connection. In honor of Valentine's Day weekend, February 13th and 14th, Church on the Rock is hosting a marriage conference. It's going to be a great way for you and your spouse to grow closer together, so we hope you attend. We wanted to remind you of all of our groups we have going on this semester. They actually start this week, so if you haven't had a chance to sign up, be sure to stop by late night, get some information, and get signed up for them. That's it for our announcements this week, but would you join us as we continue in worship with our tithes and offerings. from Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. And it says, There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due and yet it results only in want. A generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. And so essentially what this verse is saying is the more we give, the more we receive. And the more we, get, we hold back, the less we have. And um, when we think about this financially, it doesn't make sense, right? If we hold more money, we should have more. But if we give away our money, we should have less. But this verse is saying that it's just the opposite. And the more that we give, the more God will reward us for what we have given. And I think that's awesome that the Lord rewards us for being obedient and forgiving and being faithful with what He's given us. And so many times we focus on what we get back whenever we tithe and we give our offerings. But this shouldn't be the reason that we give. It shouldn't be the motivation behind why, why we give. And um, we shouldn't give just to get something in return. And I know throughout this whole series that we've been going through, the, the, the Cray series or whatever, last week uh, Travis talked about, do we really love the Lord? And um, he used the verse from John 14, 15, where it says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And so when we give, we should be giving out of an obedient heart and out of the fact that we love him. And so as we give tonight, let's just examine our motives. And I encourage you to give out of a, a generous heart and give out of the fact that this is what God has called us to do and it's obedience and it's because we love him. Amen. All right, so let's pray over the offering. God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We just thank you for every person in this room, Lord. We just pray that your presence would fall, God. I just pray that you would speak what you what you want to speak tonight, God, and that we would hear what you want us to hear, Lord. We pray over the offering. We ask that you bless it and you multiply it, and may your will be done tonight in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. And we got a quick song for you guys tonight.
noise for Pastor Travis tonight. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, good to see everybody here tonight. You look good. We're on our third mic here, so amen. Well, we are glad you're here tonight at The Connection. Uh, we know God is uh, just uh, good, amen? I got this new podium, and it's really high, and I'm pretty excited about it. So anyways, if you're a guest tonight, we're so happy that you're here. Uh, man, God has great things in store for all of us, amen? And I'm telling you, when we come together and we worship him, uh, there's nothing like it. So, man, come on in. Amen? I, I dig that song. Anyway, if you're a guest tonight, you're jumping in on the third week of a series that I started three weeks ago called Fifty Shades of Cray. And uh, obviously, this is a spinoff of the movie that's coming out uh, this weekend. Hopefully, none of you are going to see it, right? Uh, which is based off of a book. But, man, how many people know our world, man? It's jacked up. It really is. There's a crazy world out there, man. People are crazy lost. People are crazy confused. People are crazy broken, and they need Jesus. And, uh, man, as followers, God entrusts us and allows us to reach out to people, right? He entrusts us to be Christians. He entrusts us for this season in this city to just uh, to love him and to reach other people for him. Um, and over the last few weeks, we've just talked about several things. But, you know, uh, just back to kind of this movie, um, it, sometimes it takes, to me, uh, hearing about what this movie is and what the book was, it's kind of like a culture shock, you know? Um, knowing that the book's full of, like, sexual fantasies and the movie's going to be full of junk, um, and so many Christians are, like, pumped up about it. Like, it makes me think, golly, you know, God wants to use us to do something amazing, and a lot of times we get absorbed by the culture. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, but let me tell you tonight, man, God uh, loves you, and he wants us uh, to be all in for him. Amen? Uh, the last few weeks, just to kind of recap and catch everybody up, uh, we talked about the first week, we talked about Solomon, and we talked about, man, to do everything that God's called us to do in this city, uh, in this time in our lives, man, we can't get absorbed by the culture. And we talked about how sin, it comes in and sometimes attaches itself to even Christians and how uh, sin does and is three things. Sin is always second best. We talked about that. We talked about how sin separates. And we talked about how uh, sin never delivers. And we talked about the cure for this disease called sin so we can more effectively reach people when we get out of sin. Uh, the cure for it is to be born again. Uh, the cure for it is to have the Holy Spirit transform our mind. And the third cure that we talked about is to uh, basically follow God's commands, man, because God set up his commands and to help us, right? And so uh, that's what we talked about two weeks ago. Last week we talked about love. We talked about two main questions about love. Does God love me? I mean, does he really love me? And then the second question we talked about is do I love God? I mean, do I really love God? And I spoke this to, to the high school kids last night. And I'm telling you, last week we hit a couple of big questions. I mean, does God really love me even if I sin, even if I continue to mess up over and over and over again? Does God really love me? What about tragedies seem to happen in my life all the time? Like bad things happen to me. Does God really love me? 
And the emphatical question is yes. The answer is yes. God loves us. He cares for us. I mean, he sent Jesus for us. He, he loves us with an unfailing, unchanging, agape love. We talked about that. And then the second question we dealt with last night was this. Do I really love God? And the Bible is not like trying to hide from us like what we're supposed to do. The Bible says, yes, um, we can love God, but we love God by doing two things. And he said, be obedient to God or follow his commands. And the second way we love God is by loving people. And if you don't love God and then love people, you don't love God. If you don't love God's people, you don't, in fact, love God. And if you don't obey God, you can say you love God. But the Bible says in 1 John 4 that you're a liar if you don't uh, follow God's commands. So that's what we've been talking about. And uh, the next few weeks, those were kind of setups. The next three weeks in this series, man, it's all about how we as followers, man, we can be effective in this city right now in this season to reach people that are really confused. I mean, really confused. First John 4 and 7 says this, Beloved, let us love, love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Okay? The key to reaching people and reaching this city is love. It's reaching out because of God's great love for us that we want to give to other people, right? Um, you know, if you think about it, why are so many people your age, and in this bracket between 18 and 30, why are so many people, you know, getting drunk all the time? Why are so many people hooking up with people? Why are so many people your age just smoking weed all the time? Why are people, you know, having sex with random people? It's because they don't know that there's a God out there that loves them so deeply and a God that has so much truth he wants to give to them. Why are so many people struggling with their sexuality? Why are so many people struggling with what they believe? It's because they don't know that there's a God that really loves them. And I'm telling you, as followers, man, we get the opportunity to bridge the gap between people and God and tell them, man, Jesus loves you. That's a big task. And so that's what we're looking at. Um, we need people to understand God's love, and we can show God's love. Anybody in here been transformed by the love of God tonight? Anybody? Amen. All of us in here. Um, if you go to 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, this is going to be the crux of what we look at tonight. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, and I'm going to read. This is from the ESV. It says this, Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. <laughs> it's pretty good logic. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord has made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired us or hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back, entered another tent, carried off things from it, and went and hid them. Verse 9, Then they said to one another, We are not doing right. 
This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Then verse 16, it says this. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. You read, Father, they were rescued. Let's pray for a second. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that you're an amazing God. We thank you that you care so much about us. God, I pray tonight you would show us how to love people. You would show us how to reach your people. You would give us just the insight, uh, God, to reach a, a nation that's, that's messed up, a, a country, a city that needs you. God, we love you. We bless you. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Um, how many people in here, you've ever found something um, that you got excited about, but you realized it wasn't yours? Anybody in here? I mean, maybe when you were a kid, you found, I don't know, some money at school, you know, uh, you found somebody's car keys and you're like, I guess I'm going to take their truck, you know, um, anybody ever found something and you're like, man, this is amazing. I needed that. You know, you find a gift card, you're like, awesome. This is an amazing day. When I was probably 11 or 12 years old, um, it was summertime. My birthday is in the summer. This was about a week or two before my birthday, I remember. And, um, I'm kind of a snooper. Anybody in here? I snoop a little bit, uh, especially like Christmas and birthdays. And I can remember uh, looking in a closet and seeing this particular box. This box hadn't been there. So I was like, man, I bet you a present's in there. Anybody? You're like, hmm, I still do that. Uh, anyways, I pull this box down, and inside this box, there's a football, all right? And I'm like, okay, that's cool, Mom and Dad. I guess you're getting me a football. So I took it out. No one's at the house. And I realized on this football, there's a name that's like spelled in cursive on there. And it was the name of Joe Montana, okay? Number 16, anybody in here? Greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, behind Tom Brady, of course, right? Uh, anyway, number 16, San Francisco 49ers. I mean, this dude was like my man. He was a legend. This was like towards the end of his career, but I was so excited. I was getting a Joe Montana autographed football, okay? And so I kind of played with it a little bit, like threw it up and down. I was like, man, mom and dad, this is the greatest present ever, all right? Well, um, the next day, you know, I kind of put it back. Didn't want them to know anything. Well, I go to like baseball practice and, and or I had a game and I can remember going like to the little league complex and kind of doing my thing. But everywhere I started seeing these flyers. All right. And it was like buy a raffle ticket for a dollar for your chance to win a Joe Montana football. And I was like, huh, that's interesting, you know, because I got a Joe Montana football and they're raffling one away. And since, you know, I was a little slow, it took me a little bit to put two and two together, seeing how my dad was like the commissioner, okay? And uh, I ended up asking them, like, you know, you're not really supposed to ask your parents, is that the present I found? But I was kind of like, man, maybe this isn't my football. I remember asking my dad, I'm like, so uh, did they give y'all two footballs? Because I know there's supposed to be one, like, given away. And my dad was like, no, that's the one we're giving away this coming weekend. And I can remember being so let down. I mean, can you feel me in here tonight? Like, this was my idol, Joe Montana. I had this ball at my house. I mean, it was worth probably a few hundred bucks, and it was given away a few days later. I was like, this is terrible. You know what I mean? Like, I had a spot for this football, and I can remember being kind of upset and, like, whatever. My dad's like, oh, it's for the good of everybody. We're all going to benefit from this. I'm like, that's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, that's my football. Um, this is kind of like this story in a way. These, these people, these uh, lepers, they find something, and, man, they, at first it's all about them, but then they realize it's not really all about them. Um, this story is super cool. The Israelites, they're in a war, basically a fight. If you read the Old Testament, they're always fighting in war because that's what you did back in the day. And they're fighting with the Syrians. 
And there's a problem that the Israelites, man, the, the city that, you know, Jerusalem, they're, they're under siege and there's a famine that's going on. And so basically these four lepers, they have this very interesting conversation. They say, you know what? I mean, we don't have no food. We're about to die out here. Lepers lived outside the city because they were unclean. You know that. But if we go inside the city, I mean, we're going to die anyways. They ain't got no food for us. So they're like, man, what we ought to do is walk a mile down the road to the Syrian camp. I mean, I know they're our enemies, but... Man, they'll probably kill us, but they might show us mercy and we might get to eat. So basically they have this like reasonable conversation going on. And they're like, I guess we'll just go down and find out, you know, if they'll help us out. And so they go down there and you heard the story. They get there and they realize that all the Syrians had left. And so to their surprise, man, there's gold, there's silver, there's food, there's horses everywhere. And these four leopards, guys that have been shunned by society, they go to town. I mean, it's like they hit the jackpot. They start eating and they start drinking and they start getting gold and they end up starting to hide the gold. And it's like they're just doing their own thing until they realize they're like, man, this is not right. Number one, if they find out we're going to get in trouble, but we need to spread the wealth. I mean, our nation is dying of starvation. We've got to do something about this, all right? And the reason that I'm using this story, and they end up going back in the whole, you know, the Israelite, the cities, they're they are saved. But the reason I'm using this story tonight is I believe it's a picture of what followers of Christ are called to do in this city, right? Jesus has saved us. He's given us his uh, his, his very life. He's given us salvation. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us a hope. He's given us a new life. And man, it's our job now as followers not to just hold on to this and life is just all about me now and I'm just going to focus on me, but it's our job to share the love of Christ with everybody else. Would you agree? And so that's what our job is in the city. When we talk about people and problems in our culture, I think it's good if we make it a little closer to home. Man, there's people in Texarkana, man, at your workplace, uh, at your college, family members, friends, people in your close circle of influence that are lost. Not just lost, but people are hurting. People are dying. People are literally addicted. People are in depression. They need God. It's not just people in the culture. We have people all around us every day that we know really well that we work next to, that we sit next to, that they're going through these problems, man, and they need the love of God. They need us to reach out to them and show them who Jesus is. Um, there's people all around us that have tragedy in their life. There's people all around us that have turned away from God because something happened in their life and they're just pushed God away. There's people all around us that are hooking up with people all the time just because they they want to feel love. There's people that we know that every single night it's like they get drunk because they want to just stop the pain. Are you feeling me tonight? We know these people. These aren't statistics. These are our friends. These are our co-workers. These are our classmates, right? And God wants to use us to reach them. It's like just like in the story, there's people around us that are dying. I mean, literally, they're starving to death for something, something real, for some truth, and we have the answer. And the question is, how do we reach these people that so desperately need God? Amen? How do we reach these people? How can we love people all around us? How can we spread God's love? Because that's what we're called to do, right? We're not just called like these lepers just to sit there and just, you know, eat all the food and do this. We're called to spread the wealth. We're called to share of God's great transcending love, about his reconciliation that Jesus uh, has with us with God. That's what we're called to do. We can learn something from these four lepers. Those guys found something amazing, and they realized it wasn't just for them to enjoy, but it was for everyone to enjoy. 
And it's like sometimes, some of us in here, it's like we get saved, and it's awesome. We start letting God work in our life and move in our life, but sometimes we forget that we're supposed to give it away. We're supposed to reach. We're supposed to love people. And it's sometimes like we get real comfortable uh, with our life, and, and we're living for God. We go to church now. We really don't cuss anymore. We don't get drunk. You know, we don't see R-rated movies unless it's like American Sniper, and that's an important American film. You know, it's like we don't, like, do this stuff. And we, we live a nice, comfortable life, but man, there's more. You know, there's more than just uh, making it into heaven. It's, man, why are we here in the first place? To have a relationship with God, but to go, Matthew uh, 28, 19 says, go into the world and make disciples. You know, we're called to love people, to reach people, not just come to church every week, but actually use the influence that God's given us, their talents and abilities and our job to reach people. Amen. So here's what we're going to do uh, tonight in the next couple weeks. We're going to look at seven practical ways that we can reach our city and the people around us, okay? Seven practical things. I feel like sometimes uh, as a pastor, sometimes as pastors, we do a good job of telling people, man, we need to reach people, we need to love people, but we do a bad job of, of telling the how. Okay, I know I need to go reach people, I know I need to love people, but practically, what does this really look like? I feel like so many people, uh, we, we want to reach people for God and show the love of Christ and, and do stuff, but really, we don't know what to do, and kind of normally, we resort to two things. I know I'm supposed to reach people, so number one, I, I'm supposed to reach people. How do I reach people? Um, I'm going to go on a mission trip, or I know I'm supposed to reach people. How do I reach people? I got nothing. Um, I just invite them to church. Both of those things are awesome and necessary, but look, there's more practical ways that we can use the abilities that God has given us to impact the kingdom of God. Amen? Every single person in here, we have abilities to impact people, to reach people. Some of you, it, it's a gift of a creativity. Creativity, it's a gift of your job. Man, just because your job, you see so many people. God wants to give us great practical things to help us. Um, we have unique qualities, every single person in here. Listen, not every person in here uh, is called to be the, the, the coffee person at Starbucks that sits there for five hours, you know, talking uh, about the Bible. God bless those people, you know what I mean? Not every person uh, is supposed to, you know, their gifting and, and kind of who they are doesn't mesh well with, with praying for the waiter or waitress before their meal, okay? I've done that a few times, and it got kind of awkward, I'll be honest, right? There's not just one or two things that we can do, and, and that's it. Man, God is so infinite, and he put things inside of us to reach people, right? Uh, maybe your talent, like I said, is social media. You got like 10,000 followers, like send me some, you know? I got an Instagram like a month and a half, a month, uh, two months ago, something like that. I got like 200 followers. That's weak sauce. I need more, right? And Whitney, she like made me this account and, and I had to take over because I had, I was following more people than, that uh, were following me. And I was like, that's jacked up, you know? Anyway, uh, so here's the deal. At the connection for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the how, all right? These messages are going to be very practical, how an average person with an average life, with an average job can do something spectacular and reach people that God's placed around me to reach, all right? So tonight, we're going to look at two practical ways that we can uh, use the abilities that God's given us to reach people, all right? Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is the first place we're going. Mark chapter 2, and it says this. 
And when he returned, referring to Jesus, to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Great story. The first way that we can practically reach people, listen to me tonight, this is practical, but write it down, put it in your notes, whatever. The first way we can practically reach people and love people and point people to Christ is by simply opening up our house to people or apartment or whatever. If you study this story, the house that Jesus goes to, man, it's not Jesus's house. Most theologians believe it's like Peter's house or one of Peter's family's house because they're in Capernaum. This was uh, one of the first home groups, okay? Jesus, he, he's there. He's hanging out. I think Peter's probably like, hey, bro, we got like Jesus coming. Can we use your house, all right? And people just start gathering. I mean, Jesus is in the house. Listen, when Jesus is in your house, man, you want to get people there. Amen? And so Jesus is there, and people start showing up, and people can't even fit in the living room. And these uh, guys bring this paralytic man. You know the story. They bring him through the roof. I mean, how amazing is it that this guy gets up and walks? I mean, you might be a little upset that you got a hole in your roof, but, you know, it's made out of mud and sticks. You can fix it pretty quick, all right? But Jesus did this awesome thing in someone's house. I believe one of the easiest ways, listen to me, to reach people for Jesus is simply opening up your house and hanging out, right? Talking about God, talking about what the Lord has done. Think about it. It's really not too hard to have someone over at your house for dinner, amen, or your apartment. It's really not that hard. It's not really that hard to invite people over to your house to watch the big game and you talk about God. Listen, some people that God calls you to reach, and as I'm preaching this, I want you to think about people in your life that God has placed there for you to impact. A lot of these people that God is calling you to impact with your life, at your job, at your school, in your friends, with your family, whatever, a lot of these people are not going to come with you to church. We realize that, right? A lot of them aren't going to come to the connection. You know, and they might not want to come to church with you when you ask them, and you need to ask people if they'll come to church, but they may not come because, man, they had a bad taste in their mouth when they were a kid. Or they have bad memories of, like, mom dragging them to church and mom and dad, like, arguing all the way to church, right? Or maybe the church that you attend, man, is not their style. We don't need to just stop because, oh, that person wouldn't go to church with me. Man, if God's calling me to reach this person, how can I reach this person? An easy way is to open up our house, man. A house is, is safe. A house is a chill place. It's unthreatening, and it's an easy place to invite your coworker or your classmate, right? It's an environment that's friendly, that you can invite some people over, man, and you can talk about life. You can talk about Jesus. Everything in our life should be revolved around two things, us getting close to God and us getting other people close to God, Right? I feel like too many times as Christians, we're not strategic about how we reach people. There's more tools in our tool chests than, this, than, than just come to church with me, right? When I think about to the, the things that transpired for me to get saved, it was like so many different people invited me to do something, or I went to somebody's house, I went to this activity, you know what I'm saying? It's like when we reach people, uh, or God puts it in our heart to reach someone, man, it needs to be, you know what, this is going to happen one way or the other. 
And a lot of us in here, we've invited people to church 50 times. Tell me if, if you're like me. I've invited some people like 50 times and they just don't come. Or they come like one time to like finally like, dude, I'll come, right? And then they come one time and they never come back. Man, your house, it's non-threatening, amen? I'm telling you, opening up your house, bringing your friend uh, or going to someone else's house, it's practical, it's effective, and man, you can reach people. Every person in here, you live somewhere. You can invite somebody over, right? Um, they get closer to God. They connect with you. They connect with maybe some other Christian friends, and then they'll come to church because they know people at church, right? Um, and listen, when Jesus is at the house, Jesus can be at your house. Amen? I mean, he can be there. I mean, where two or more gather, I'm there. Um, we, we talked about it last week after service, and even this week we're having a, kind of some small group stuff that you can fill out as we do late night in the cafe. But at the Connection, I don't know, there's eight or ten different groups that are going on that's, you know, marrieds or, or young marrieds or guy group, girl group, and, and Bible studies, different things. It's a place for, number one, that you can get connected so you can plug in. Amen. Because Christianity is not about just me doing this by myself, but it's about a community going after God together. But it's an easy place to invite that person that will not come to the connection or to our church. Right. It's a good place. It's a safe place. There's a place for everyone uh, to get involved. I think that each person that God uh, has called us to reach, we must be deliberate again about how we go about reaching them, praying about it, strategies. You know, it's kind of like a chess game. Chess, man, you're always thinking about different things. And it's like as Christians, we use one. I mean, like, there's more than that, right? Maybe, like I said, a few times this semester, you gather with some friends um, and you watch the big game. And a few minutes before it, man, you just, I don't know, you talk about God. You open up a scripture. You have a, a quick 10 or 15-minute God message to talk about. Or maybe uh, you start bringing your friend to a group that you already go to. Or, uh, you know, think about this. If you're married, you and, and your wife, Whitney and I, we've done this for a long time. You invite someone over to your house every week just to share life together. Are you feeling me? Just to share life. Once a month, just to share life. You break some bread. You love on people, right? Listen, that person God's called you to reach, it's worth going out of your way. It's worth inviting them over. And I feel like a lot of times we just, we thought I did my part. I gave them the card to come to church. They didn't come. Man. You know, let's try a little harder, right? If God's placed me on this earth to do something right now, man, and God's, we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. But if he wants me to reach this person, pray. And if you get shut down for one thing, go to the next, right? Can I get an amen? Seriously, I want people in here tonight, think about it. This year, open up your house to people. Unsaved people, save people. Go to a group, something. It's about them. It's about reaching people, right? So here's the second way that we can practically uh, reach people, and this one's good, is through extravagant giving. Extravagant giving. Luke 10.30. I love this story. Luke 10.30. Again, man, these are just seven practical things that we're covering how we can reach people. Look, uh, I feel like a lot of times, especially when you're young, you think, man, I want to do something amazing for God. And, and man, honestly, inviting someone to church, man, that's not amazing. Or and bringing someone over to my house, that's not really amazing. You know, dude, slow is fast. If you're doing the right things every day, man, it adds up. 
what tends to happen a lot of times, we think, oh, I'm not doing something great for God. I'm not preaching to a thousand. And so we're just like, oh, man, I guess one day it'll happen. There's a few different principles there. If you can't be faithful with the one coworker God's asked you to reach out to, why would God ever promote you, right? And that person's important to God. Number two, I mean, come on. A lot of times we handicap ourselves because it's not the situation or the setting or the bigger crowd that we want. And God's like laying back and he's like, come on. If you were to reach the people, I would give you over a year, over a decade, over a lifetime, over your 20s. Man, you could have fruit in your life. Man, I'll tell you what, there's people here at the Connection that are here because people invited you to a small group or they invited you to their house, right? We have people at our church working on staff that five, six years ago, they were in the world and someone invited them. I'm telling you, that's fruit. There's multiplication there. We've got to get out of, oh, this isn't a big a deal as this. This isn't a big a deal as this. Friend, your assignment from God is the biggest thing there is. Billy Graham's assignment, it got bigger and bigger over the years. Your assignment starts where you are. You want to do something amazing for God? It is. Whatever he tells you is amazing. You know, I find in my life, man, when I'm not hearing from God and and I'm not doing much or whatever, maybe it's because I missed opportunities and God's like, I don't know if I want to put other people in front of you because obviously you're looking for something else, you know? You're trying to get noticed. You're trying to hit the home run. When I'm asking you, just go up there and hit the ball. You know what I'm talking about? It's so funny. I'll go watch some of our junior high kids play baseball, and it's like they get so frustrated that, you know, they bat in the back of the lineup or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you miss practice once a week. You never get hits. You're trying to hit home runs. Like, just don't strike out this at bat. You know what I mean? Like, let's progress. Anyways, Luke chapter 10, verse 30. We got some good youth kids, all right? Anyways, Jesus replied. Check it out. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers. Who, was stri- who stripped him, beat him, departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him, and the next day he took out two Denary and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. It's a familiar passage. A guy gets robbed, he's beaten up, he's left for dead. Uh, Three people come by, a priest comes by, a Levite comes by. They're both of the Sadducee class. They just both pass by on the other side of the road. If you look at this road to Jericho, literally it's only like two feet wide, which is funny that Jesus is saying they went by on the other side, okay? It's like they just had to walk around the guy, all right? And I think when I read this story, and I've heard it for years, what punks, these religious people, they're hypocrites, they're punks, you know, whatever. And then the Samaritan person, who's the hero in the story, he comes, he sees the person, uh, he takes care of him, he bandages the wound, he takes him to an end, he pays for it all. Listen, he does these extravagant things. He gives so much of himself for this man that he doesn't even know. Listen, for us to reach people that God is place in our life to meet, meet uh, to reach, we're going to have to give extravagantly of our time, of our resources, of our energy, of our convenience, all right? As we know, man, Samaritans, they were looked down upon. They were considered half-breeds. Jews hated them and all this stuff. 
But this man, uh, this Samaritan, went out of his way with his love, with his effort, um, with his money. And if we really want to reach people, this is a great way to do it. Like I said earlier, I believe God puts people all around us to reach for Jesus. And each person is different. And sometimes it's a different strategy to reach a different person. One person you may invite to church and they come and they keep coming and that's awesome. Uh, another person, like we said earlier, you gotta, they come through a small group and that's awesome. Man, somebody else may be down on their luck and your opportunity as a follower to reach that person is to help them out of a ditch. It's to help them with some money. It's to help them when, you know, their family member died. Are you feeling me tonight? Sometimes if we want to reach people, we've got to go above and beyond. All right. Other people, uh, some people are just easy to reach. Other people are hard. I can remember years ago, um, just probably 10 years ago, I had this friend. We played ball together. And, man, I tried to get him to come to church. And he was just like, this dude didn't want nothing to do with church. Nice guy. Um, really good guy. But whatever, didn't want anything to do with church. I tried to invite him, try to invite him to a small group. I give him like, you know, a card to come to church. It was like just a wasted piece of paper because the dude never wanted to come until one day he calls me. We played ball together and he called me. He's like, man, my truck's messed up. Can you come pick me up? And I can remember picking him up and we played ball that day. But I can remember feeling a nudge from the Holy Spirit that was like, you know what? This is my opportunity to really reach this person. And so, man, I I had a buddy that worked on cars, and we worked something out, and he ended up fixing the dude's car for, like, nothing. And I ended up, man, it was my end. Are you feeling me? Like, I went out of my way just a little bit, and it ended up being the thing that he needed. He ended up coming to church with me, and he ended up getting plugged in. I'm telling you, so many times in our life, God allows things to happen to people around us, and it's our opportunity to jump in and reach those people to show them the love of Christ. I believe that we need to be waiting for opportunities like this with some people um, because, you know what, uh, they're looking for something, but they're maybe they're turned off from church and, and they're turned off from the techniques that you've used. What's interesting, again, about this story, uh, back to the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, is that the priest and the Levite, they weren't just being hypocrites. Um, I studied this out this week. They're simply following, or they thought they were following, uh, an Old Testament scripture. If you look at Leviticus chapter 2, this is the NIRV version. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron. Tell them a priest must not make himself unclean by going near the dead body of any people. Listen, the key to this verse is that the priests and the Levites, they were forbidden to touch a dead body. But the body of the guy wasn't dead, right? See, I think that these priests, they knew that this guy was going to die, and they didn't want to really bother themselves with all the, you know, the hoopla. I mean, they didn't want to get blood on him. I mean, the dude was heavy. They had to carry him a long way. I mean, the dude didn't have no money because he got stole, so they're going to have to pay for it. So they're like, man, God's gonna, the guy's going to die anyways. I think they saw a guy that it was going to take way too much work. And I feel like a lot of times as Christians, I believe God is calling us to show love and show extravagant love to people. But a lot of times we think, ah, it's too much work. It's too much work to go the other mile. Um, you know, I tried to invite them to church. They didn't want to come. Man, how much do we want to reach people, right? How much do we want to, you know, see them come to God? God loves those people so much. Think how much influence that Samaritan person uh, would have after uh, the person that got robbed, they'd have a lot of influence. You know, if you help somebody out that's down on their luck, 
you know, you have a friend and their family members in the hospital, man, show them some extravagant love. Send some flowers. Go to the hospital. You know, if somebody, one of your friends, their cars broke down, dude, loan them your car for the day. Give them a little bit of money, right? So many times it's like, I don't know why the person won't come to church. Man, God gives us opportunities to reach people. Maybe grandma, you know, uh, passed away. This is your opportunity to go over to their house, show some love. It's about reaching people. It's about being deliberate. And listen, I want to encourage every single person tonight. There's a lot of people that need the love of God. There's a lot of people. And every single one of them is different. And every single one of them have a story. And, man, if God's calling us to reach them and love them, we don't need to just stop with one thing. Oh, it didn't work. I'll move on to the next person. Man, that's my assignment. And I'm going to go after this person until they come to church, until they get saved, right? Um, as followers, we want to impact this city for Christ. I want to see Texarkana, man, full of people that love God. I'm tired of seeing it in all these weird, you know, top ten lists in Texas for the most violent and murderers. I'm like, come on, this is Texarkana, right? Like, we need to change this. We need to change the schools and the colleges and the workplaces, and then it's, it starts by us getting an assignment and being ferocious about, man, I'm not leaving this person until, man, they come to God. And I'm not talking about I'm going to be so annoying to them by giving them an invite to my church a hundred times, right? That's just annoying. Get creative with the Holy Spirit and get a strategy to reach that person. Can I get an amen? Right? Sometimes I'm preaching to the choir, I know. Um, so many people, man, they need to hear the gospel. And listen, the Holy Spirit will direct you. He'll show you what to do. Um, listen, some people, it's easy. Some people, it takes time. But again, this whole message, this whole series really is about how can I reach someone? How can I show them the love of Christ? I want Zach and the band to come up real quick. Um, you know God wants to see everybody saved. Amen? And God's uh, plan of salvation or redemption story, it involves us. It involves us sharing and loving, and we have a huge part to play in it. And I'm tired of even looking in, in my own life and areas and people that God told me to reach out to, and I was just half-hearted, you know? I mean, I was half-hearted. I just kind of barely tried. I mean, I got nervous or, you know, I thought they were, you know, too cool or, man, I just didn't have the words to say. Man, God wants to give us passion for people. Specifically, I feel, and we'll talk about it in a couple minutes, but I feel three people God wants us to really get the heart for and start praying for them and get a strategy on how to reach them for Christ. How can I do it? How can I do it? God will show us. Uh, here's a story that, man, I've shared several times before over the years, but uh, it's a good story. It, it inspired me today uh, when I read it again. It says, in 1912, 39-year-old Reverend John Harper, a Scottish preacher, was making a transatlantic trip to preach at the Moody Church in Chicago. As fate would have it, the vessel he chose was the Titanic. We all know the story about the disaster, but did you know the story of John Harper? Harper, like many others, ended up in the water. And as people desperately tried to survive in the chilled waters, Harper swam to them. And the minister asked people in the water if they knew Jesus. Eventually, Harper approached a passenger clinging to a jagged piece of wood, and he pleaded for the man to trust Christ. The minister was completely exhausted at this point. As he succumbed to the conditions and went under the water, 
to his death, Harper said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. A few years later, at a meeting of survivors of the Titanic, the final man who encountered John Harper told the group that he had been saved twice that night. First, he had accepted Christ as personal Savior because of Harper's efforts, and of course, he had been rescued from the deep Atlantic Sea. He said, alone in the night with two miles of water under me, I believed, and I am John Harper's last convert. Isn't that awesome? Listen, the whole purpose of this whole series, number one, the first couple of weeks we've hit hard, man, your relationship with God, your relationship. Now I want us to focus, man, on how can I show God's great love? A few weeks ago, I showed you that, man, God placed us here to be ambassadors to Christ, to show that God is reconciling him to other people through Jesus. Jesus is the bridge. It's about people. The reason that we're here, it's about people. I told you last week I was at a just a sad funeral. And, and it was just, you know, it hurt because this was just a little unborn baby, five months old in the womb, and, you know, not going to be able to, to experience certain things. But we talked about the love of God and how God's mercy and saving that child from a lot of problems. But I got to thinking, man, there's a reason that I'm here. There's a reason that there's breath in my lungs. There's a reason that I'm in Texarkana, Texas for all places in the world, you know? There's a reason I work where I work and I have friends like I have and I have these acquaintances. There's a reason for it. And it's because for every breath that's inside of me until I die and go to eternity, God wants to use me to help redeem the earth. And it's every single person in here. You know, I'm telling you, when we start fulfilling purpose, there's so many Christians that I talk to, it's like almost a daily basis that are Christians. They love God. They feel purposeless. I don't like my job. I don't like this place of life that I'm in. But what seems to be missing is that, look, the purpose is souls. Amen? The purpose is reaching people. And if you're not doing purpose, you fill a void. You can be a Christian and fill a void. I mean, I've worked here for You know, sometimes I'll go through seasons and I just feel like I'm missing something. And I know what I'm missing. It's that I'm not reaching the people God's placed in my life to reach. Right? I want our mindset to shift. My life is all about God. And my life is about reaching the people God's called me to reach. We need to get outside of this mindset. It's just the pastor's job. We need to get outside of this mindset of just, you know, all I'm supposed to do as a Christian is just get them to church. I want to get them to God, right? Man, if, if, if get them to church, I mean, that's good. That works. But man, I want to show them love. And next week, we're going to talk about, you know, our testimony. We're going to talk about other practical things that we can do because this series is a little different than every series I've done recently because I want there to be action to words. You know what I mean? I want it to be so ingrained in us when we go to work tomorrow my assignment. I'm praying about it. I'm hearing from God and I'm seeing fruit in my life. Friend, let me tell you, when you see your friend walk up a church aisle to be saved, it changes your life. Friend, when you see that, you know, 17 year old high school kid that you're reaching out to, stop cussing, start praying. It changes your life. A lot of us in here, what we need is not a better paying job. It's not some new shoes. It's not some new friends. It's some new purpose. And it's the same purpose that was the old purpose. It's to reach people. Amen? 
I want you to stay on your feet tonight. Here's what I want to do. I, I felt this all day today. It actually may have changed what I was going to preach about uh, this morning. But I really felt this, that God wanted to give us three specific people, maybe four, maybe two, I don't know, but I felt three. He wanted to show us three people in our life, that, man, that he's really calling us to reach. And let me just say this, reaching people for Christ is not just something extra that really good Christians do. It's what all Christians are commanded and commissioned to do, right? This isn't extra. This is the assignment. You know what I mean? And I really felt like God wanted to lay on our heart tonight some certain people to type in our phone or however that you can see them and just take a song and just pray, God, what is my strategy to reach them? You know, maybe it's just simply starting by inviting them to church. Maybe it's inviting them to the small group that I go to. Maybe, you know, they've had something bad happen in their life and I get the opportunity. Man, I can, I can loan them that hundred bucks to help them, right? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray and I want you just to, man, you can use the altar. You can spread out. But I want to use this time to ask God, number one, God, who am I supposed to reach right now? And number two, God, what's your strategy? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you love us, that you died for us, not just for us. You died for the world. God, I pray like those lepers, we would catch the realization that the great, awesome salvation that you've given us, you want to give to other people, but you want to use us to help fulfill that. Lord, tonight, would you place in our hearts and in our spirit a few people that you want us to reach out to? Lord, our assignment. Would you give us our assignment? And Lord, also, would you tell us, what's the strategy? God, how can we partner with you? God, I pray that your people would be bold. We would be courageous. And Lord, more importantly, even like we talked about last week, we would be obedient. God, help us. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, spread out for a couple minutes. You can sit down, whatever. Man, listen to God. Who is God laying on my heart? Who am I supposed to reach out to tomorrow, this week, this year? What's the strategy? And then we're going to come together in a second and worship.
worshiping the Lord. You know, why don't you stand on your feet? I want my prayer team to come up like we always do. We want to give people an opportunity for prayer, give people an opportunity just to, to connect with God. Um, and as we worship this final couple minutes, man, this is a time to reflect on what the Lord spoke to you tonight. But what does he want you to do now? Amen. Man, maybe you're here and you need someone to agree with you. You're going through a tough time. Maybe you're in this place tonight and, man, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord's saying, God, draw close to me. Maybe tonight you need to repent for a sin and just say, God, save me, whatever, man. Tonight you can do that. Man, where God is, where the Holy Spirit is, there's freedom, there's salvation, there's addictions can be broken. And just kind of the last thing before we worship, just going back to, you know, the person or the people that God gave us, you know, maybe the reason that you work where you work and you are where you are now and, and you hate it, you're ready to be, you know, transferred or to move on, man, maybe it's not the devil that's keeping you there. Maybe it's God. Because he, he wants you to be faithful. He wants you to reach this person. You know, God knows. He sees everything. Maybe you're working at, I don't know, JCPenney's and, and the person that you're working with, man, they're not going to hear the gospel for five more years if you don't share it with them, you know? It's serious. God's love for you is amazing. And the love that he has for the person he told you to reach out to is just as amazing. Amen? Let's worship God. Let's close out blessing God. If you need prayer, the team is up here.
people's lives. Lord, we thank you for creativity just on how to reach them. Lord, that our heart will be so full for them as much as your heart just is burdened for them. Our heart will feel the same, Jesus. So Lord, we thank you that you're choosing us. We thank you that we have purpose through you. Lord, just to to see a difference in our city and our friends and our family, God. Lord, we just declare salvation over every single soul that's on our heart tonight, Jesus. And Lord, we just we just worship you. And we just say that you are king and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord. So Lord, I pray that you baptize us with your love tonight and that we can just overflow on those around us in Jesus' name. said in your phones. Be praying for for those people. And if you have any testimonies, share it with the leadership team. We want to hear stories of lives changed in Texarkana. Amen. And just to give all the glory to God. And so how we're going to close tonight is we're going to um, go to our community groups. And so if you don't have a group, come up here and we'll um, direct you where to go. But also if you um, would join us for late night, we got some snacks in there. If you haven't had a chance to sign up for a small group, we'd love for you guys to sign up because we're going to kick them off this next week. Amen. We love you guys. God bless.